I'm really excited about this new series um, that I'm going to be doing. Now, I haven't done this in a while, and a lot of the leadership, they've been asking me to kind of revisit the Zerubbabel message, and if you're an intern, you've heard this, um, you know, whenever we do our schools, we have this, um, I, I teach this course called uh, Why Zerubbabel? And, um, and so I'm not sure how many, uh, how many Sundays is going to be in this series, uh, probably about five, um, but I hope that you'll love it as much as I do. Um, and I want to start off um, this morning and tell you about a dream uh, that a friend of ours had, a friend of Storehouse had about Storehouse, and, um, and so I'm just going to use that to kind of set this up. Um, and I'm going to start like halfway. I'm not going to read the whole dream. I'm just going to start uh, about halfway through. Um, he is uh, walking um, on the streets of Dallas. And, um, and he comes upon a little tiny house. Um, he said it was really modest looking. It looked like the storehouse logo that was over it. Just a little square, humble, beaten country road type of place. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> there was the most gorgeous rainbow that I've ever seen in my life arching over the house. It was, it was um, all different colors, but the prominent color was a bright purple. It was completely tangible like you could grab it. So I walked up to it, and I had my camcorder with me, and I started videotaping it. And I thought if I get up underneath it and stand in the middle of it, then that would be a really cool thing. As I approached it, it moved away from me and moved to the field behind the church. It began to spin slowly. I started spinning slowly. It started spinning slowly around like a generator creating something. And he kept saying to himself, if I could just get up under that thing. So I walked underneath it. And as I did, I finally got inside of it. And as I got inside of it, a ladder descended from the middle of the top of the rainbow. I opened my mouth up and I ate the ladder and the rainbow. As I did, I felt the glory of God hit me from the top of my head. As I was swallowing it, the glory was filling me. I heard an angel approach, and she said, The books are now open. I woke up, and I felt the presence of God. It was an encounter dream of a level of intensity that I have rarely felt. So I want to... I want to talk to you about that and turn in your Bibles to uh, Revelation chapter 10. And we're also going to talk about um, Daniel chapter 12. So in Revelation chapter 10, and this is, the, I, I, I include this in the teaching of Zerubbabel, but I really wanted to visit this. And so I'm going to read Revelation chapter 10 to you. Okay, so if you'll follow along in your Bibles or on your smartphones. Um, verse 1, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet was like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. 
Now, when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, but I heard the voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. The angels whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, as he declared to his servants the prophet. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go, take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. As I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. And he said, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, and it will be sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book, and out of the angel's hands I ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said, you must prophesy again, say again, Again. about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Now, this is in the New Testament, written by John the Beloved, who was on the island of Patmos. Okay, he is, he is up, he's long in the tooth by the time he's writing this. By the time he's having this encounter and he's seeing this with his open eyes and he's writing it down. Now, turning your Bibles to uh, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. Come on, where are you? Right after Ezekiel. Okay, in chapter 12. All right, Daniel is experiencing basically the same thing. He's seeing something that is incredibly similar. Chapter 12. At that time, Michael shall stand up, a great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on the riverbank and the other on the river, on, on the other riverbank, on that riverbank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the f- fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to the heaven and swore by him who lives forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half time, And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, 
Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So, Father, we do, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Father, that you have said that the books are being opened, and they're being opened for such a time as this so that your people can be wise and understand in this hour. You know, the word tells us that in the last days that Jesus actually said, hey, listen, I have to go to be with the Father, and because I'm going to be with the Father, you're actually going to get to do cooler things than I did. That's not exactly how he said it, but basically he said that not only um, in, in, in quantity, but quality are these works going to be done by you because I go to be with the Father. And, 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 and if you look at the fact that everything was done on the cross, and we have everything. I mean, he, he did everything. It was finished. It was done, right? So how is that going to happen? Because uh, we, we look at that and we think that, that everything is the same and everything's going to be the same because he did everything and so we have access to everything. However, the word says that there are books that are going to be opened so that we will have access to more of the revelation of who Jesus is so that we will grow in wisdom, and then we will grow in understanding, and then we will grow in transformation. And so he's looking to transform us in, from glory to glory to glory to glory, and we will grow in glory as these books are opened. And so I was so encouraged when, I w- when we received this word, and it really did give me what I felt like the Lord was saying, that you need to release this. You need to release this word of Zerubbabel again, and you need to go back and teach this again. You know, I was uh, reminded of um, another book, that the revelation of another book that has caused the body of Christ to come alive just recently in the past, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years is the book of the Song of Solomon. You know, Mike Bickle, the Lord told Mike Bickle, I'm about to open this book for my people. And, and uh, I want you to teach on Song of Solomon. And Mike Bickle's at International House of Prayer in Kansas City, his response was, oh, no, any book but this book. I mean, I'll read, I, even, I, I don't even want to read this book. I mean, it's poetry, you know, and he was a wrestler in college. I mean, this is a man's man, you know, and he's like, any book but the Song of Solomon, it's just too, it's just too flowery, it's too poetic, you know, give me a, give me a good book, like, you know, I don't know, Ephesians, which, by the way, we're teaching on Thursday nights. <laughs> so, um, so, from 
the revelation that came out of the Song of Solomon through, through Mike Bickle, through the meditating on the Word and the, and the opening up of the fullness of that book, it's not just a book of poetry between a man and a woman and a love story between a man and a woman, but it is a love story between the man and his bride. And what it's done is that book now has gone all throughout the earth and the revelation of that book has caused the priesthood to come back into alignment into that place of intimacy with the, uh, our bridegroom Jesus. So, so love will cause us to pray, not uh, discipline. How many of you have tried to pray because you are supposed to or you have to? Whew. Yeah, that's just take a hammer and hit yourself in the head. But, but praying when you feel that love and you start to understand the language of a lover and the language of, of love and this book of Song of Solomon, which is so profoundly transforming the body of Christ. So, so when a book is opened, it, 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 you're, you can't have like, like uh, uh, human strategy to try to get people to pray, but, but when a book is opened, it actually does and transform the body of Christ that causes them to go, uh, not, how much can I pray God, not how little. You know, how much can I give God? Not how little. And all of a sudden, that, that, that your heart gets enraptured and captured with the love of God. And so it is with, I believe, what the Lord is, is telling us in, in, um, in how he's revealing and opening up a book of Zerubbabel. How many of you have ever uh, read about Zerubbabel or studied Zerubbabel? Okay, good. Um, that's awesome. We actually used to be called the House of Zerubbabel, me and my zeal. Um, I really thought that would be a good name. <laughs> but it turned out that nobody, not even the leadership, could spell it. And uh, you would go to talk to people and try to witness, you know, preach the gospel. And, and, and then you tell them they're, they're like blown away by, you know, the words of knowledge and prophecy and healing, you know, and impartation. And they go, where do you go to church? Well, how can I come there? And, I, and I'll say, well, I go to the house of Zerubbabel. And, and I mean, it looks like they heard a high-pitched dog or something. They're like, <laughs> the tabernacle of the house of Zerubbabel and praise and glory and, you know. Anyway, so uh, the Lord helped us out and he, and he sent several prophets and an angel in my dream that said you need to rename it storehouse so we're like <laughs> praise the lord so a lot of what i'm going to be sharing with you um is is based out of uh dreams and visions you know um dreams and visions throughout scripture you know they are part of how we live the sons of god are led by the spirit of god and that a lot of us i don't know about y'all but i'm kind of you know, type A, very busy person, and, you know, sometimes the Lord has to talk to me when I'm asleep, because I'm not actually talking, and so he's like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> so, uh, 
he talks to us in the night, and those dreams are dreams how they, and those dreams, and, and some of us will receive dreams that are directional, but then some of us will receive dreams that are marker dreams, and they will establish us and set us on a road, and we know those dreams are the dreams that we're supposed to dream with God for our lives. So, um, so yeah, uh, the story of Zerubbabel. Can you um, put up the PowerPoint presentation? Um, so I want to just, it's very interesting about the story of Zerubbabel because the story, the way that the Lord uh, spoke the story of Zerubbabel to me is, is through my own personal story. Um, and so I'm going to share with you a lot of my testimony, um, and then you'll just kind of, I'll show you how it builds line upon line. Um, I hope that you find it interesting, and, um, and I'll try to get you guys out of here on time. Um, all right, so John and I got married, um, and uh, we had a real brood. We had six teenagers between us. Um, and uh, it was a crazy time. Uh, he had this big job, and I had this big job. And I'd started a company for Omnicom, and um, we made uh, kids' meal toys, you know, Happy Meal toys. So I was flying all over the place, and, and um, it was a very exciting time. And um, lived in the park cities, and uh, these kids were uh, kind of out of control. And John and I went to church. Uh, I wasn't saved, but I was looking for some behavioral management for my children because uh, I don't know how many of you have six teenagers or have had six teenagers, but, um, you know, and four of them were these fabulously gorgeous daughters. <laughs> so uh, we were just trying to basically survive. And so we'd, ta we'd take them to church, and as John said, we'd get there late, and we'd kind of leave early, and we had the Starbucks, and we liked that part of it, but we didn't like worship. We didn't like prayer. We just wanted them to hear the message of don't do sex and don't, don't do drugs and don't, you know, just mind your parents. And, and so afterwards, we'd all go to lunch, and we'd talk about what the pastor said, um, and I had I never actually read the Bible, um, ever. I had one. Somebody gave me a Bible like 10 years before, but it just sat, you know, gathering dust on my shelf. And, um, and again, going to church for a purpose of managing the behavior of my kids. And so um, through all of that process, uh, I, had, I had moved my office back to my house. Again, just trying to manage a lot of what was happening after school activities. And um, so, and, you know, just trying to get them all through school and help them with homework. And, and meanwhile, you know, I'm talking to the vice president of Disney and Eminem Mars. And so all of this kind of the very busy life. So um, one day I'm getting ready for work. And, um, and oh, let me back up a minute. I had hired, a, a friend of mine had recommended that I hire this maid. And, you know, with both of us working, very busy lifestyle. We really needed somebody to kind of help us out. So I, I hired this maid, really, I was, I was doing her a favor and because uh, she was in a really bad way. She actually lived in our neighborhood, and so she was just there. She was terrible maid, terrible maid. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, she didn't know how to clean. She didn't know how to cook. 
she um, she would go around my house with a tambourine and um, she would put anointing oil all over my things and but she never really cleaned I mean there was dust everywhere but there, everything was dripping with oil you know and I'm, I was like and she spoke in this language that I didn't understand I just thought something's wrong with her <laughs> so uh, so um, and and a great story um, just to give you an idea of what life with her was like, um, I had, I didn't know about, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of money back then. It was kind of ridiculous. But anyway, I'd bought this monkey soap dish at Neiman Marcus, and it would stand there and hold up my soap. And, and I loved that thing. And I, I know that sounds ridiculous, but, but anyway, I loved that monkey soap dish. And uh, one day I noticed it was gone. And I spent a lot of money on that stupid monkey soap dish. And... Um, <laughs> And so I asked her, hey, have you seen, have you seen it? And um, she said, oh, I threw that thing away. <laughs> Why? She said, well, that had a demon on it. <laughs> what is wrong with you? So I noticed my stuff kind of started to disappear. And, and I thought, why am I keeping you? I don't know. So, um, so one day I was getting ready for work and... Um, as I'm getting ready for work, all of the sudden, I hear the audible voice of the Lord. And, and he said, rebuild my temple. Um, look, I have a clicker. Okay, you're going to love this. I know, right? I think. Yeah. Okay, so that's what he said. He said that. He said. <laughs> right? No, no. I'm just I, line upon line, Georgia. <laughs> so, so that's what he said. Rebuild my temple. Now, <clears throat> I've never read the Bible. I don't go to any Bible studies. I don't talk to people about Jesus. I have no desire for God or Jesus. I mean, I'm not like hungering after God, you know, or anything. I'm just like hungering after shopping, you know, or whatever, going on the latest vacation, you know. That's kind of, that was where we were. And uh, uh, so I thought, that is so bizarre. Because first of all, I'm not Jewish. You know, and I'm thinking, temple, Jewish people, uh, you know, I don't know. Why are you talking to me about this? So I, first of all, I knew one thing. I knew it was God. I knew that it was God. I knew the voice of my father, even though I didn't know my father. I knew it was his voice. And so I just sat there for like two hours, like, staring, going, I just heard God. I just heard God. I just heard his voice. He just said, rebuild my temple. I have no idea what that means. And so I didn't understand, but I knew that I had heard from God. And so I thought, okay, look, I need to shake it off. I've got to get on with my day, blah, blah, blah. So the next day, I'm waking up, and I'm in between that waking, that sleeping and waking state where you're not quite conscious yet. And I hear rebuild my temple. So this goes on for seven days. And I'm thinking, I am losing my mind. This is, this is insanity. So in my own thinking, I thought, okay, okay, why would he be saying this to me? Well, obviously he wants me to go give a prophetic word. Now, I didn't know it was a prophetic word, but obviously he wants me to go give a message to the only Jewish person I knew. You know, I was like, who do I know that's Jewish? Okay. 
So, so it actually is somebody that I work with. Okay, and I'm thinking to myself, this is really embarrassing. You know, I mean, uh, you know, at the level you guys know, you know, you're at a certain level in your career, and you know, you've got a reputation, and mine was mostly fear-based um, <laughs> because, you know. And uh, so I go, I call this guy up, and I think, well, I've got to go see him. I can't tell him this in the office. That would be way weird. So uh, on the weekend, <clears throat> on a Sunday, I call him up, and I said, hey, I have something I need to talk to you about. And he said, well, is this work-related? Can it wait until tomorrow? And I said, no, 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 I have to come now. So it's on a Sunday. I go to his house. And I mean, I'm telling you, he is so Jewish. He answers the door. It's in the summertime. It was August the, August the 18th. Um, he answers the door, and he has no shirt on, you know, big old hairy Jewish chest, and he's got a star, a big gold star of David there, and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay. So he invites me in the backyard where his mother from New Jersey is there, and she's got the beehive hair, and she said, would you, we got some matzo ball soup on the stove, do you want some? And I'm thinking, no. <laughs> so, so they're all coming around because, again, I had a reputation, and I'm not somebody that just comes over and visits, you know, and so they're all wondering, what is this all about? And so, um, he, so I said, well, okay, here's the thing. <sighs> so I have a message for you from God, <laughs> and um, this is what he said. So I told him he wants you to go rebuild his temple, and I mean, just Crickets. They're all just looking at me like. So, so he said, well, what, what do you think that means? I have no idea what that means. And, and I said, well, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm just, you decide what it means. I don't know. You're Jewish. You, I don't know. And so his mother pipes in and she said, Mikey, I know what it means. It's your dead father talking to you from the grave. <laughs> No, it's God. So anyway, I leave there and I think to myself, oh, oh, that was so awful. But I thought, okay, God, I did what you wanted me to do, which, of course, that's not what he wanted me to do, but that's what I thought. And so I'm driving home and I'm thinking, all right, now that voice can go away. And my life can get back to the normal, lukewarm, don't care about God, just care about shopping and making money life, right? American dream. Woo! <clears throat> so anyway, uh, that night, uh, I'm going to sleep, and John uh, next to me, um, and he's already out snoring and um, <laughs> paint coming off the walls. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. So all of a sudden... Uh, it feels like a ghost comes over me. And I'm laying there, and my body is taken over, and I cannot move. I ha it, it's the Holy Spirit, but I don't know it's the Holy Spirit. All I know is what is happening to me. I can't move at all. And I can feel like I'm floating, like I've, like, but I have no control over my body. And all of a sudden, everything in front of me, with my open eyes, everything disappears, and I am now looking at a scene. And it is 19, it is in August 1999 when this happened. And 
So the scene is New York, and I'm looking at the, the skyline of New York, and I'm seeing um, the angels and the demons fighting over the city. And I'm seeing these two planes, and I'm seeing explosions, and, I, and, and, and I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, we're going to be attacked in New York. And, I'm, and, I, and this man comes walking up to me, and, and, and like 3D, like, like so real, like I could touch him, and his skin was melting off of his face. And he was so sad, and, and he knew he was dying. And he looked to one side, and as I looked at what he was looking at, I saw this pile of dead bodies. I mean, thousands of people, and they and this man were all covered. Their bodies were covered in this ash. I didn't know it was ash at the time. I, I just thought maybe it was chemical warfare or something. But So then... Bam, it comes to an end. Okay, guys, I have never read the Bible. I do not know that God speaks. More or less, I have no idea what just happened to me. So then, so I'm like didn't, trying to find my Bible the next day going, this has got to be something. And so I, so I look and I think, oh, I should go to the book of Revelation. <laughs> you know? What? I, because this seems like end time kind of activity. And uh, so I start reading it. I, I don't understand any of it. You know, I'm like, oh, how many heads does that animal have and eyeballs? And I don't get it, you know. And, and so the next night, going to bed again, I've got, now got my Bible next to my bed. And I'm, I'm a journaler, so I've got my journal, my Bible. And... Um, when I saw that, when I saw that whole scene, what dropped into my spirit, and I didn't even know that language, but I automatically knew September 11th. I knew it. And I wrote in my journal, there's something about 911. So I was like, this is crazy. And so the next night, it happens again. The Holy Spirit comes on me. I can't move. And I'm crying because I know that this event is actually going to happen. And I said to the Lord, why? Why is this going to happen? And he said to me the strangest thing, which made absolutely no sense. But he said, it's about Babylon. And so John is kind of halfway asleep next to me. And I'm hitting him. And I'm like, still in that state where I can, I can barely move. And I just grab him and I said, John, John, what's Babylon? And John goes, I think it's a tower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that's the state that we were in. And so uh, this whole downpouring, opening, awakening that I had uh, put me on a, a road and my family on a road where we were no longer lukewarm. Uh, after these events started happening, I began to, to see things in, like, like my eyes could see in the spirit. Like I could see demons and angels everywhere that I was going. And you can imagine my condition. You know, I'm trying to keep it together uh, and work, but I would go into the office 
now, and um, the Lord had confused the language of the people that were there. And I could see them talking, but the words would, I could see the words with my open eyes, and they would float in the air, but they wouldn't make a sentence. They were just words that were separate. And I'd been doing this, I'd been in this industry for 15 years, and I knew, and I was going, this is, this is insanity. So I went to John, and I just said, you know, I just think, oh, and at the same time, all I wanted to do was read the Bible. And so I, so I, I got born with this hunger for the Word of God, for anything and everything God, and the thing of the world, I said, the, the, I can't do this anymore. First of all, I can't do it because I can't understand what they're saying. But second of all, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't even care about that. I don't care about the money. All I care about is this. This. Uh, this is all I cared about. So uh, John and I talked about it, and John said, that's fine. If you want to quit, quit. You know, we can live on, on what I make, and um, we'll just start a business or something. And uh, so uh, a week after, not even a week, like three days after he said, it's okay if you quit, I actually found out that I was pregnant with Samuel. And um, so along came, uh, or was coming, number seven. And so the Lord was just really good, and we almost lost him several times. And uh, had to be, I, they put me to bed for, what was it, eight months? Most of it. Most of it. And... Um, and so it was a great time because I, um, I got to read the word, and I didn't know what a concordance was. And, um, and I, so, so the Lord, I didn't even know the stuff on the side, you know. I didn't know anything. I was just like this naive, and I gave my life to the Lord. I got born again. I, I got my prayer language. The Lord just came and, and during worship, uh, you know, baptized me with fire. And, and just the, 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 my prayer language got pulled out of my mouth. And it was just a glorious time in the Lord. And he taught me uh, Old Testament and New Testament by giving me scripture. And then he would take me to the Old Testament and give me the same scripture. And I was like, this is phenomenal. You know, God was my concordance, so it was really a cool time. Um, so uh, fast forward, I then go into, uh, so, so keep that in mind. He said these things, and the reason that I'm showing you that he, what he said, because it's all building on something. So next, oh, I don't know how to make the slide change. You may have to do that. Can you change the slide? There you go. So next I had a dream, and in the dream I saw uh, the Statue of Liberty fall, and I heard the audible voice of the Lord in the dream, and he said, you haven't taught your sons to battle, but I'm raising up a new generation. And in the place of the Statue of Liberty, I saw all of these young people, meaning teenagers, we like to call them millennials these days, um, and they were pulling this tree up uh, with a rope, and they were hoisting it. And this tree, as they got it up, it went all the way up to the heavens. And they stood around it day and night, and they never left it. And written on the tree in a heart was the tree of life. Right. Now, oh, yeah. I didn't know what the tree of life was because, of course, I've never read the Bible. And um, so this was soon after. And so they stayed around that tree 24-7, and they never left the tree of life. And so he started talking to me about this place of 24 7 
The next thing that happened is I, he gave me a dream, and, and this has gone on through time, and so it's now it's like 2001. And um, so he gave me this dream, and I'm pregnant in the dream. And, um, and John and I go to the, to the doctor and, you know, got the sonogram out, and John's standing there. And um, John says the most interesting thing. He said, who is the father? Um, and John, when we first got saved and we were going around and after I'd had this dream, he goes, I wish you would quit telling people that you're having someone else's baby. <laughs> so... <laughs> Now he knows better. We're being around all the prophetic intercessors. He's just like, I get it. <laughs> so, uh, so he says, who is the father? And the, the doctor's got the sonogram going. And I hear, again, the audible voice of the Lord in the dream. And he said, um, Zerubbabel is the father. Zerubbabel is the father. Zerubbabel is the father. And, I, and, and I, when I woke up, I thought to myself, who? <laughs> Whose baby am I having? You know, and, and uh, actually that day I was uh, doing a Chuck Pierce uh, prayer. You know how you used to do the, you know, pray for 30 days and I'm going to give you the scripture. And, and so we were, I was praying along with, with one of his 30-day um, um, prayer things. And, and, and um, that day just happened to be in Ezra. And, and, and Ezra, which is a historic book, during the time of Zerubbabel's exodus, it was talking about Zerubbabel rebuilding the temple. And I went, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's that language. Zerubbabel rebuilt the temple. And so he said to me originally, remember, rebuild my temple. Then he showed me 9-11. Then he said it's about Babylon. Then he said this is a 24-7 thing. And he said, you're going to have Zerubbabel's baby. Line upon line. So, <clears throat> no, it didn't work, honey. All right, so. I want to tell you just briefly the reason why this isn't. Oh, here we go. Okay, so Lou Engel, um, I met Lou Engel um, and uh, I got familiar, encountered the whole International House of Prayer type um, people, and I thought, my goodness, these are people are my tribe. You know, a lot of people talk about Jesus, but these guys actually know Jesus, and they. They, are, they have encountered this man, Jesus, and out of them is coming a, the revelation of the love of God. So I say all of that to tell you, I'm going to stop there, but I do want to tell you that the Lord told me that Zerubbabel's baby is going to be birthed and that we're going to participate in that. Zerubbabel, real quickly, he led the second exodus and he built the second temple. Now we know about David and Solomon and we know about Moses, but this man did both. And he actually led the second exodus out of Babylon. And so all of this is so exciting about what God has in store for us. 
And I've hopefully, I've kind of wet your appetite because when you come back next week, we're just going to build on this so that, and, and, and through the five weeks, I plan on just building line upon line so you can see what it is that the Lord is building and what this temple is going to look like. Because he's not talking about an Old Testament temple, but he has something. He has a book that he is opening. He wants us to eat the scroll. He wants us to eat this book so that he can be glorified through us. Amen? Yes. All right, so let me pray. Well, Father, we do, we just ask you to come, Holy Spirit. Would you quicken this in our spirits? Would you quicken this in our hearts, God? I pray that every word that you have spoken, both through your, um, your now word, God, through your dreams, through your visions, but also through your word as we, as we um, study your word to, to extract out what you're saying to the church in this hour, God. Would you just bless us and help us to come alive in you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, if you are sick in your body or you need healing or you just need a prophetic word, please come up. Um, prayer team, come up. And I bless you guys. Thank you. <laughs>